Good evening, Sportzonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host. This is Sports Zone, recording with you live like we do here each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we will be rebroadcast and redistributed through all various podcasting outlets. So thank you for listening to us, whether you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to us. We definitely thank you for joining us. And we have Dave Hastings here tonight as well. Dave, how you doing? Doing good, Mike. Doing good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. And of course, we'll be joined by Eric Tressler in a matter of minutes here. So... I tell you what, like, obviously, we're going to get to a little look at the baseball season, which is set to begin uh, Thursday. You got a few games going on on primetime on ESPN. Uh, Yankees taking on the Nationals. I believe the Giants are playing the Dodgers. And then the full schedule is supposed to start on Friday. So we'll, we'll kind of save that for a little bit when Eric gets here. What would you like to start off tonight with, Dave? Well, I mean, I'll just throw out. Because uh, this is something I know really neither you or Eric probably really could care about. But um, <laughs> over the last week, they've announced all of the Madden uh, player ratings. Oh, okay. And um, in one area in particular, I was pretty disappointed. They put uh, Dak Prescott at an 84. Uh, the highest you can go is a 99 for those that may mm-hmm. not know. Yeah. Um, but – the reason that bothered me was he was literally top five, top 10 in every passing category you had last year over the first four years of his career, only Russell Wilson, Brady, and uh, I think breeze has won more games than he has. And that one kind of, that it kind of, it egged me a little bit. I was not a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of Demarcus Lawrence only getting an 89. I thought that was disrespectful. Um, you know, and then like some of the other players that are in the league, like there's just like certain ratings don't make much sense to me, but your 99 club, you got um, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, uh, we're probably two of the biggest names. Mo- um, everybody would know. Now, did, did I hear this correctly? There were only five players who got the 99. Yep. Yeah, it's that way. It's that way every single year. They've done it for the last three years now in a row, where only five players get the ninety-nine. Huh. Okay. It, it's it's kind of one of those things where, like, so for example, Zach Martin's a ninety-eight, but let's say Dallas's first, you know, four games of the season, uh, <clears throat> offensively the the line's playing really well. Statistically, they're putting up numbers, and he's you know playing like he plays year in and year out, they mm-hmm. might upgrade him to a 99 during the season. Now, that's, a cool, that's <clears throat> a cool feature. I'm sorry to interrupt. I think it's cool. I, when did that change that the ratings actually went up in season? Uh, they started doing it, I want to say, probably seven, ten years ago, somewhere in that wow, window. Wow, okay. I'm behind on that one. Yeah, they, they started <laughs> – once, once internet play – uh, became ah. a huge part of Madden. That's when they started doing it because gotcha. to play online, you have to play, have the most updated rosters. Mm. 
Well, that, that is a cool feature, like I said. But uh, I feel like I interrupted you on something. What were, what were you saying? Oh, no, I was just remembering Michael Thomas was one of the other 99s. I'm trying to remember all five. And for some reason, the uh, – the names are slipping my mind right now. But, yeah, the Dak Prescott thing, that kind of bothered me, putting him in that in 84 when you got Justin Herbert coming fresh out of college, never played an NFL game at a 76. Or you got Gronk coming a year out of retirement, and he actually is a 95. Meanwhile, the reigning season MVP on Lamar Jackson's only a 94. So yeah, that's, they, that's they, pretty bad. Yeah, there's just some things that kind of – about the ratings that kind of bothered me, and I kind of wanted to just get it off my chest. Like, honestly, I, I, this may be the first year ever I don't buy Madden. Uh, I've been buying Madden every year since I was, man, I want to say 18 years old, 16 years old, somewhere in that window. I would buy the new version every single year. And honestly, the last four years, it's basically the same game with slight changes. Um, and it looks like it's going to be a repeat of that this year. And uh, there's actually been a, a, a time where um, Madden ha being uh, trending on like Twitter to really make a giant enhance to the game was trending for a while because it, people are getting tired of it. And it's like it's over 65 bucks to buy a game. So it's like you do this every single year and you basically give me the same game with like minute changes. So, uh, yeah kind of just bothers me and you know I, I actually think this might be the first year i don't buy madden so now yeah, is it is it because of that or you know just you know you save money yeah, for other things I, i'm tired of basically paying 65 dollars every single year for basically the same exact game and also you know uh the marvel avengers role-playing video game comes out right around the same time madden comes out and if you're gonna ask me what game i'd rather spend 65 bucks on I know you know me well enough at this point, especially after what I just said. You know I'm taking the Avengers game over Madden if I had to choose one or the other. So, mm. uh, yeah, it, it just kind of, you know, I think the big thing is, and again, like I know this isn't very important in the scheme of life, but I think the big thing and what people are going to end up seeing with Madden is next year the PlayStation 5 comes out. So I think you're going to see a change. You'll see a, a big enhancement on the game uh, once they're able to utilize the uh, – power of the playstation 5 okay okay well i mean i i see i i believe that is eric tressler getting into the room so while we're waiting for him i'll just say i i heard a great quote last week and i don't remember the whole thing but i think it was something to the effect of the only ones who really care about the madden ratings are the players themselves just be, and i can't like i said it was i saw it on facebook it was, it was said so it was a much better quote I, I kind of get why they put him at 84, even though I definitely see the arguments to make him higher than that. And if you're going to have a guy who was retired for an entire season come back and he automatically gets a 95, yeah, that's, that's, they, they, it doesn't seem totally right on that one. I'll give you that. But Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how you doing? Um, uh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm as good as an NBA player in a COVID bubble. There you go. I love, the, <laughs> I love the quote from Stephen Adams. Did you guys see the quote from Stephen Adams? About dry food? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was basically like the people complaining about the bubble. He was like, this is not Syria. This is not that hard. And I, I loved the way he phrased that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, they're a bunch of spoiled rich people. But 
I got to say, if anything sounds encouraging, I don't know whether the report came out today or whether it was yesterday, but the report about 100% of players in both leagues coming back and testing negative. So there is zero, zero COVID inside either the NHL bubbles or the uh, NBA bubble. So I am excited for that because that means – from all accounts, it should be systems go for these teams. And uh, as long as everybody stays the course and, and doesn't try to break through the bubble too hard, um, it should stay that way. And we should be able to see all these seasons play out. So it's it's encouraging, encouraging news, in my opinion. Well, I'll, I'll say this because I did see that report. Uh, and I also saw something else that makes me think, does anybody think that if there is a COVID outbreak in these bu- in uh, the NBA bubble, that the cause of the bubble is going to be Dwight Howard? <laughs> I, I, I just feel like if there's going to be an outbreak, he is going to be the cause of it based on everything he said. Now, he has a point that if everybody is testing negative in the bubble, what do you need the mask for inside the bubble? But it just seems like, okay, if you're going to wear the mask, not wear the mask inside the bubble, all right, all right, I get it. You think that everybody is is negative, so all right, that makes sense. But I'm really supposed to believe you're smart enough to remember to put the mask on when you go outside the bubble? Because you know he's going to go outside the bubble. You know that's going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see that happen. But, I mean, just to kind of throw out an exact number, it was 396 negative test results at 100%, like Eric mentioned. And I think that that's real. Like, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, we could bust Dwight Howard's balls since the day he entered the league if we wanted to. Yeah. But, like, in the in the overall scheme of things, like, I, I think that's kind of a really good direction, like Eric said. Like, to realize that you have these positive results coming out of the NBA bubble, you, things are looking good so far with the NHL. If MLB is able to kind of stay on the trend that they're looking like they're on right now, uh, you know, that's a, that's really a good sign. And it all adds up to, you know, the shield. Um, like Eric said, nothing's going to stop the shield. And I, I have no issue with his tinfoil hat idea that some way, somehow, Goodell in the NFL kind of talk to the rest of these leagues like, no, we need you guys to get up and running so that we can get up and running. Mm. Um, so I really, uh, I think it's awesome. It's exciting. And you, you can bet, bet yourselves guys. I will be watching, uh, at least some of that Yankees nationals game on Thursday to start off the season, just to enjoy live sports again. So, uh, yeah, just, it, it's an upbeat feeling. It's a positive feeling. And, you know, who knows, maybe this, uh, these ideas and protocols they put in place help trickle around the rest of the country and we can all get back to some level of normal. Mm. Well, I'm I'm protesting that Yankee national game just out of my own personal opinion. We but we anyway, we know, Mike. Yeah, we know. <laughs> out of my own personal. But I think opinion. we proved on on Saturday and Sunday how it would be if the Yankees faced the Mets game did one. We, so I don't did think anybody we, really wanted. Did we really? I mean, we wiped, but we like, wiped the honestly, floor with you, all weekend. You, I mean, what is the? You really going to act like that? Those games mean anything? You, Eric, come on. If you lost, you'd be the first one screaming, it's the preseason, it doesn't mean anything. You're like, you're really going to turn that around? Come on now. I'm just saying, you because wanted you got, it as the first you got game. Six it, runs off, it was more entertaining for me than it was for you. You got six runs off of Corey Oswalt and Drew Smith. Congratulations. 
Congratulations. You got six runs they're off the of two. They're players that are they're going to be guys that are pitching for you. So that's all that I they, know. If they are they're this they're, season. If, if, no, if they're really not. Playing, yeah, they're I'm really happy. not. If they wind up pitching meaningful games, the season's over before it started. Corey Oswald is the sixth, maybe seventh starter. And if he's pitching any games, the Mets season's already over. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. So Listen, congr- all I know congratulations is that I know on your meaningless victory. You're a game that's actually going to be an entertaining game on Thursday. Yeah, you think so. Anyway, uh, well, I'm be getting back, getting back, <laughs> getting back to his tinfoil hat theory. Yeah, all right. You know, Eric was probably right on that one. But I'll say this. Uh, given what was announced yesterday by the Giants and the Jets, I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands for these NFL games. But again, you're you're looking at it as a now perspective. It's not a now. We're in the middle oh, of July said for and the season. Seasons. They said for the season. They say that now. Fans. They said that, that, that a month ago there wasn't even going to be an NFL season. All I know is the That's NFL hasn't changed any plans whatsoever. There was always going to be a season. They were saying back in April and May there would probably be a season with some sort of precaution. So what are you saying there? Listen, I am telling you that give it until September. Give it until September. You will hear movement in New York and New Jersey about crowds in stadiums. I promise you. Um, not why. Take it for what I, it's worth, but yeah, I, I I think I'm pretty right usually when I say things like this. So if you want to deny it until it comes out, uh, you could be happy to deny it until it comes out. But at some point, it will not go in. I guarantee you, there will not be an entire NFL season without fans in MetLife Stadium. Just will not. I won't happen. I, I this season, I think there will be. I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands. That's what I'm going to say. I think you're completely I, wrong because they're not going to have fans in the stands in Texas. They're not going to have gonna... fans in the stands in Texas and not have fans not in the, the stands whole in New state Jersey. Is infected. Not while the whole state is infected. Right now, it's not looking good for that proposition. I'm just going to say that. If that changes in a month, good for you. You were right. But right now, it does not look good at all. Dave, you got comments? Chime in here. I want to get somebody else's perspective. Look, I honestly think that from what you're seeing right this second, you probably should expect no fans in the seats to start the season. Um, I think at best, you might get a 25% capacity. But again, similar to what we're watching now, it's almost like the other leagues are going to be the test dummies. Okay, like, hey, we managed to get this far through, like, without fans and everybody's still testing negative and we're doing good. You know what? Why don't we go 25%? Everybody has to have their temperature taken at the door. Maybe make people sign, you know, the one thing people are talking, the leagues are talking about is having people sign waivers, whatever. Do I think the NFL goes all 16 weeks? And are all 17 weeks, 16 games without fans being in the stands? No, I, I just don't. I, I do think that we may not see a full stadium, um, but I wouldn't. I think we could see 50% by the Super Bowl, and they might still be willing to go higher at the Super Bowl because that's a game that costs so much money. There's a lot of people that'd be willing to sign waivers and not hold the NFL liable if something were to happen to them. So, yeah, I don't. I just can't imagine there being an entire season without fans in the sands. I just don't see it happening. Um, but then again, I could be wrong because I didn't see us ending up in a nationwide lockdown, you know, back in late March, early April. So, who the hell knows? But I just, I can't, I can't fathom that happening. The NFL would just lose too much money, and 
that if there's one thing we know about the billionaire owners in the league, there's still some frugal sons of bitches. So I, I don't see it happening. I see at least worst case scenario, 25% by midway through the season and a hundred percent by the Super Bowl, no worse than 75%. Well, that's fine. I didn't even remember to say anything about that waiver. Yeah, that waiver. That's funny. Here, you come in you come into this stadium and if you die, you can't hold anybody responsible. Yeah, okay. Okay. And you're right, Dave. Just somebody will go out there and be like, Yeah, I'll sign it. People are that dumb. But yeah. All right. Let's um let's move on from this. Um Eric, I did save this for you because we'll, we'll look a little bit at the baseball season right now. You already kind of started it off with that wonderfully one-sided look at this weekend, even though I can't defend the Mets play this weekend. But again, not, you, were, you were facing the, basically the minor league team because we didn't have the full lineup then. But again, if the Mets oh, would have yeah, won, yeah, if, yeah. If it'll make Mets, such a difference. If the Mets would have won, you would have been the first one saying those games didn't count. So I don't know how seriously I can take what you're saying. But anyway, um, what, here's one thing I want to say about this season. I don't know if you can firmly predict favorites in a season like this. I think there's too many variables – Obviously, everybody's healthy for the most part. Everybody's healthy. COVID doesn't seem to be too big of a factor right now. I know Freddie Freeman has already recovered. He he had the interview where he talked about his experience with it. He's going to be back because, of course, he's going to be back for Friday's matchup against the, uh, the Mets. But um, doesn't seem like that's playing too big of a factor right now. But I just think in a 60-game season like this, if you all I can really say is if you get off to a bad start, your season's over. If you lose to 10 of your first 11 games, 10 of your first 15 games, something like that, that's it. Just throw in the towel. We've seen teams have hot first halves before, and then they can't finish out down the stretch. There's not going to be any of that this time. You get off to a hot start, and a month into the season – you're in first place, there's a good chance you're making the playoffs. And I think we're going to see at least three, maybe four teams that nobody would have thought as contenders back in March make the playoffs this year. Whether or not they continue that hot stretch into the playoffs, who knows. But this is going to be the most bonkers baseball season we've ever seen, in my opinion. So what do you got to say? Eric? I agree, but I think it's more a little more cut and dry than maybe you're giving it credit. I think it's going to be a, a, a season like we haven't seen before. Um, I do think that there may be a surprise team or two because, like you said, if you get out to a hot start, a hot start may be plenty to get you into the playoffs this year. But mm -hmm. that being said, I think the two clear-cut favorites are the Dodgers and the Yankees, uh, and it maybe if you want to throw the Astros in there. You know? On paper. Even though I On hate paper. the Astros, you know, but I mean – that for the most part, I mean, it's that's been the biggest prediction is really Yankees-Dodgers. So, I mean, they seem to be the two clear-cut teams in each um, league, but you never know. This is a weird year, but they, were, they would be the two that I would just immediately say that, that I'm going to call that as my uh, World Series prediction. And, yeah, as far as – crazy teams making it that we may not have seen before. I don't know if I the agree Mets. with that. 
100%, I don't see. Uh, maybe, but, I mean, they got a tough Braves team to get through. The we, Nationals are defending one, champions. Hey, Eric, can I say one thing? Our schedule is brutal this year. Like, the Yankees, like, I'm not going to say you guys have a cakewalk schedule, but because you guys are playing the other teams in your division the majority of the time, we don't know how good the Red Sox are going to be. Blue Jays are relying on a lot of young players. The Orioles are going to be a terrible team yet again. The Rays are, like, the, that's, that's the AL East this year. It's the Yankees and the Rays. You guys yeah, have you guys have a much easier schedule. The Mets, in my opinion. It's not one easier. The, We're a better team. It's not. It's, it's not an easier. easy. It's an easier schedule. It's a. It's, it's a harder easier. schedule when your team's not as good. It's a. Yeah, of course I, the Mets play a tougher schedule because they're not. They're not at the top of their, the, the cream of the crop. They're not there. There's so yeah. They're they're gonna play harder competition because they have other teams that are legitimately in front of them. Mets. It, it, wait that's a minute. An Hang on a second. Hang on a second. That's an easy Mets statement to make. Have a good team. You don't want to give them credit for that. That's your opinion. There's a lot of people who feel they have a good team. Are they as good as teams like the Yankees, uh, the Braves? We're going to find out. But the idea that the Mets just are, you, you know, you love to paint them as a worse team than what they actually are. No, but I'm so saying I'm, where, are the, where are the surprises coming from? To get back to your original point of you could see four or five different teams making it into the playoffs. Let me give you a quick rundown. I think the Yankees make it from the AL East. I think Houston makes it from the West. I think that um, – Maybe got that. Maybe the biggest dog fight is probably in the central between the Twins, and maybe the Indians, but it's probably going to be the Twins from the way they looked last year. Although you can't go by that year to year, so I mean that's really the only division up in the air, in my opinion. And then you're probably going to have you know a couple teams fighting for those other wild card spots. But I don't, I don't think it's as crazy to predict. And I mean, even in the West side, you have the Dodgers out west. You have, I think, the Braves. Um, and the Nationals in the East, I mean, are probably one of those two is going to win it with the other one coming in second. And then probably the Phillies still chasing for another playoff spot, maybe with the Mets, maybe not. I, I honestly think that Philly is a little better team than the Mets on paper, but we'll see how the season actually plays out. And in the Central, I mean, it, it – I don't know who came out of the central last year. Is that it? I mean, probably maybe. Well, what league? What league? What league are you on? Central, wasn't it national? National league. Was it St. Louis or Milwaukee? I can't remember. No, I, I, or you know, and then you got the Cubs. So maybe the central in both leagues are the only ones that are really up in the air, in my opinion. Outside of that, I think it's it's pretty cut and dry on the coast. Mm. Well, I I want to throw two things in here. Two things in here. Now I'm not drinking any Kool-Aid by any stretch of the imagination, but I want to bring up two things here. The Mets record in June, the last two seasons. Oh, my God, Dave, is he's sipping no, no, the Kool-Aid. He's sipping the Kool-Aid. I will mute you, Eric. Shut up and let me say You're going to have to mute me because I'm tired of talking. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Let me say this. Let me say this. I'm trying to hit the unmute on you, Eric. It's not letting me do it. I'm sorry. What is going on here? I accidentally hit the mute on Eric. I didn't mean to hit the mute on Eric. Why is it not letting me unmute him? Eric, what are you doing that it's not letting me hit unmute on you? What are you doing? I didn't even mean to hit mute here. My God. Well, let me say this before he finds his way back in. The Mets record in June, the last two seasons, was 15 and 39. In July through September, the last two seasons, their record was 93 and 66. Eric, why won't it let me unmute you? What are you doing? Dave, I didn't mean to mute him. I swear to God. 
but I don't know why it's not letting me unmute him. Maybe he muted. Maybe he muted himself. See, I mute. I muted myself, and then I just unmuted myself. No problem. See, now I'm gonna do it to Dave. Mute, unmute. Eric, Dave, now it's not letting me unmute you. What are you doing? What is going on here? There you go. All right. No, Dave. Dave, there you go. All right, Eric, unmute yourself. God damn it. All right. I don't know what's going on here. Eric, don't be mad at me. Anyway, um, the other thing I, I was look, gonna... really quick, Eric, while you can hear this, I got a pop up on my screen that said the host muted you and I had to either hit mute, mute or on mute. I hit on mute and we were fine. Why is he saying he's leaving now? What the hell happened? Anyway, what, I, I don't know what he's doing here, but anyway. All I was going to say was, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The National League East, those teams always play each other very close. And if you look at the National League East for the last few seasons, the fact is the team that goes on the hot streak towards the end of the season, towards the middle of the end of the season, is generally the team that winds up winning it. So it was the Braves last year, uh, excuse me, Braves won the division, but the Nationals won the wild card. They got hot. They wound up winning the whole thing. In years past, the Phillies did the same thing. The Braves have done the same thing. So I think there is a chance if the Mets were to get hot that it could happen. But I'm not saying there's any Kool-Aid involved here. So that's all I was going to say. Dave, you can, you can take it for a second. Yeah, I mean, look. Honestly, it's that's why they play the games. We all know that. So you can't count any team out. The only time you start, uh, to me, in a sport like baseball, that you count a team out is when you know they're starting to sell off their players to, you know, prepare for the following year. That's the only time you ever know when a team is really out of it. So they play the games for exactly that reason. So I won't discount the Mets' chances, uh, but I actually uh, – do like the Braves, not only coming out of the NL East, but I actually have the Braves as my NL World Series uh, representative. So I, I'm I'm pretty high on the Braves right now. I just you know from what I've read and seen and heard, like it's they sound like they're going to be fielding one hell of a good roster this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I mean, honestly, though, when it's all said and done, especially in a year like this year, it's all a matter of who's going to stay healthy all the way through. So you're not only just worrying about actual injuries, you're actually now worrying about somebody getting sick and having to sit out for at least two weeks. And in a 60-game shortened season or any other sport that's going to be playing over the next couple months, like two weeks is a long time. And that could have a major impact if that's a big-name player. So for how much talent any roster has, all you need is a couple injuries – I mean, you think about what the Yankees went through, what was that, two years ago, where, like, basically their entire, like, starting roster was on IR for at least a small period of time. Um, you know, if you have a, a bad break type of year like that, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you're going to do. You won't have enough time to get guys back. Yeah. So, I, it, God be, forbid, to see. the first oblique injury – like the oblique. I know you've heard of oblique injuries before, Dave. They're generally six to eight-week injuries. 
I remember there have been years where there have been rashes of oblique injuries to start off the season in baseball players. If those happen this year, the season's over. That's it. Yeah. No. And like I said, I mean that like that the double edged sword or the silver lining or however you want to refer to it or call it in this in this situation is the fact there are gonna be a lot of guys in every all four major sports that are gonna get opportunities they wouldn't have gotten any other year. So yeah. it, it you know, it is the silver lining of it. It's not gonna be, you know, 50 names that nobody's ever heard of across the four news, you know, four major sports, but you get one or two in each sport. Yeah. You're just making the game better in the long run. And mm -hmm. you're also having somebody's life change for the positive. So. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, yeah. I go ahead. Dave, you still there? Cause you kind of cut off there. Yeah. Okay. Eric is back. Uh, good to have you back here, Eric. Um, so I said what I was going to say on that one. I don't know how much of that you actually heard. But, None of it. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it because I'm not fighting with you to, to, say, to say what I was going to say there on that. But on the Yankees' perspective, the one thing I'll say there, on paper, you guys definitely have, in my opinion, the best team in baseball. I can say that on that. And you got a lot going for you. You got Paxton back. Paxton was supposed to start, miss two months to start the season. Obviously, he's back now. Looks pretty good from everything I've heard on that. You guys got the full lineup. Hopefully, and I don't say this in a joking fashion because I genuinely like the guy. I've always liked the guy. Giancarlo Stanton stays healthy for the whole season, and I also like Aaron Judge. They stay healthy for the whole season. With Gleyber Torres, going to be very hard to beat that lineup. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And on the fight either, I think they're, they they stay healthy. Could be the best lineup in baseball. And if some of the guys get hurt, they've shown that we got plenty of guys in the pipeline ready to step in and step up. So I'm I'm just excited for the season. Mm. Yeah, um, I will say this though, and this is more of a question. Is there anybody who benefits from this type of season, one with no fans in the stands and a shortened season? Is there any team that benefits more than the Astros do? Because think about it, Eric, you just said they were probably one of the favorites this season. Back in February and March, when the punishment came out, we were getting ready for the season. There is no way you would have thought that then, because I remember you saying you thought I don't remember if you said they were going to finish in last place or not, but you definitely made it sound like you thought they were going to have a bad season this year. Take all the other factors out of the way there. This season couldn't have broken any better for them. Yes and no. I'll, you know, I'll, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it works out for them because they don't got to hear the heckling, the booing and stuff like that. It gets them a shortened season where they can – get in and get further away from the scandal, but the same respect. I mean, I don't think I ever picked them either close to be last. In the well, I, I like just, I said, yeah, I, can't know, I, remember, may, I can't remember if you said that, but you I just said thought they, they, they were going to have a harder season. No, I didn't say they would be bad. I just think that losing Cole plus the amount of ridicule they were going to face is going to put a harder season on them than they've had in the last, say, four or five. Um I could see maybe a team like, you know, Anaheim or, or somebody else, like, just giving them a run. I mean, even Oakland in a shortened season can give them a run. 
but um you know so yeah i agree with you that this this type of one shortened season and two uh no fans so no ridicule helps them it'll help them mentally it'll help them definitely so i mean i could see that as it being a positive for that team um i think for a lot of other teams it was positive in ways too because like a team like the yankees who was able to get judge and stanton and a bunch of guys healthy, you know, for a lot of other teams too, the guys that were hurt, um, you know, we've got a lot more teams are a lot healthier right now for this little push in the shortened season. So I'm just excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Now I will bring up the Mets for one more thing. How long do you think the ownership situation winds up going on during the season? Oh, I don't know. I can't, I can't predict the Will Ponds. They're, they're a mess. Well, I so when they decide to finally pull the trigger, I mean, it could be tomorrow. It could be, you know, after the season ends. I don't know what Jeff's and the family's intentions are. I don't know if Jeff's intending on running, you know, this season. They need giving to lock his ass up in a padded room until this whole thing is over. Sorry. Yeah, but they're not doing that. So, it would be yeah, nice. You know. But we're again. That's a world where everything's nice and sunshine and rainbows. And we just much better than to find that land. Yeah, much better than. I think it's right next to Wakanda. I think you got to stop over in Wakanda before you get there. (laughs) You're a jerk sometimes. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Uh, Dave, you got any final thoughts, and then we'll move on. I mean, can we just talk about the fact that the Astro players are already ha- having uh, guys throw at them and getting hit by pitches? From what I saw, that was really – the whoever the Royals pitcher were, it was, he was having control issues. So I don't think that was actually intentional. Because from everything I heard about that, I, I just – I don't think that was intentional. I don't see what you have to gain from throwing at an Astros player with no fans in the stands in a situation – where you can't get in a fight with them. So I, I find it hard to believe that was that was intentional. Eric, what do you think? Um, I definitely think they're getting thrown out during the season. I definitely think it's going to oh, be, you know, so, I mean, whether or not it happened, you know, over the past couple of exhibition games or whatever, maybe, maybe they're starting to get tuned up. Some of those teams that may not be, uh, you know, but I don't know. I'm kind of – unsure about it to be honest well, I, I just think that that, that it's going to be an uptick from last year for sure I think it would have been worse if fans were in the stands because they would have helped put more pressure on the teams to do something or a pitcher to do something you know you start hearing a crowd you get a little you get an idea in your head and you can you know go with it but without the fans there I think it cuts it down a little bit um, but it's still going to happen throughout the season and I would I don't think it's a far off prediction to say I think the Astros are the hands-down favorite to, um, you know, pretty much get hit by pitches the most this season. So I, I, I would actually want to know what that, that Vegas stat line is because that might be one worth betting because I, I just don't see any way they're not the most hit team in baseball this year. I just I, – I don't know. I, to me, like, they'll probably still get hit, but I think, like you said – it's going to wind up being a lot less than it would have been. And the fact that Major League Baseball banned the idea of players leaving the bench in brawls, I, I don't know if that directly infects the way they get hit by the pitches, but I do feel like it has some sort of effect on them. 
So I, I, I don't know. I think more often than not, if they get hit, as much as it should be intentional, I think they'll be a lot more unintentional than intentional. I don't think it'll be too much off pace than other teams. Uh, Dave? I, I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're giving me more like plus 350, plus 700. They're not giving me over-unders. <laughs> nice. but I, well, plus I, 350, I, plus 700. I mean, that's they're giving you the odds for each team. So which team's got the best odds? Well, they're get, uh, everything I keep finding is for players. Um, so uh, Altuve plus 300. Bregman plus 350, Carrera plus 400, uh, George Springer plus 500, uh, Yuli Gurriel plus 700, and just the field at plus 1,000. Okay. So, yeah, pretty much that's what it is. So, whoever has the lowest number there, it plus whatever that is, 250 or whatever it was, that guy is the guy who's most likely to get hit the most. I kind of Al- Altuve. That makes sense. I kind of hope Correa gets in on that a bunch because that'll help my on-base percentage in my league that I have him in and uh, on-base percentage counts. So that could work in my benefit. Anyway. The over oh the over under is eighty three and a half hit by pitches for the uh, team. Wow, and that's in sixty games, so that's more than once a game. That's a I lot. I think that's so predicted over under. I'm going over. I'll throw it out there. I'm going over. Yeah, I'm going over. I'm going to be the oddball. I'll say under. I'll say under. I find it hard to believe because you, if you have 83 in a 60-game season, that means they think there'll be games where it happens twice a game. And if, if the umpires have a quick arm and they just want to throw them out after the first one, I just find it hard to believe they're going to be games where they get hit twice in a game. I don't know about that. I'm going to say well, under. here. Only the over the past five seasons, only this is off of CBS Sports. Uh, over the past five seasons, only nine MLB teams have been plunked more than 83 and a half times. They have it three to one odds of between 81 and 90 hit by pitches. They have a hundred and four, uh, 250 to one odds for 141 to 150. And that's coming in at plus 25,000. That is a bet that needs to be made. Jesus. And between zero and 50 is 20 to one odds at plus 2,000. Who's taking that one? That sounds like you, zero to 50. I mean, that's pretty close to where you're at. You may want to put a bet down on that. I, I, I don't know. You might otherwise, you're something. otherwise you're pigeonholing yourself in a really small window of it's if it's going to be between fifty and eighty three and a half. There's a, there's, a, there's a reason why I don't bet that often. But what, what I'm you, saying, if you think you it's going to be under, what do you guys say to this? We each take fifty bucks, throw it down, and we put it on the hundred and forty one to hundred and fifty hit by pitches at plus twenty five thousand. <laughs> I'm down. Eric, do you know how much money that would be for us? I don't I don't understand better. I can't even fathom it. That's uh, I, I mean, I, I would do it just for the sheer odds of it. You never know. Uh, if you guys do it, let me know. I'll be in. All right. With that, we'll move on here. Eric, you got anything you want to bring up tonight? 
Off the top of my head, just excited about like what I've been hearing and you know that everything seems to be going well. Everybody seems to be adapting better to the bubbles this week and whatnot and baseball seems to be doing all right. So, you know, a little weird seeing, you know, cardboard cutouts in the stands and whatnot, but it also some people I guess are gonna do fans like uh I don't know, virtually or something. Like we're but I don't know, I don't understand it all. I don't think it's all going to be cardboard cutouts. But either way, I'm just excited that there's some sports on, something to watch. It was exciting. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm just getting amped for actual sports again. So that's really my my biggest things from the week. That and I got to get Dave's review. I mean, we'll get to it later. But well, if you go, I want to know how go. he felt about playing some tag. Well, hey, can I bring up one thing before we go to TV real quick? I want to bring up one thing. You can bring up a lot of things because we don't have to go that route. I was just throwing things out there. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to go – we can go the TV route because there's one particular show I want to bring up to you if you guys have watched. But um, I'm going to almost guess that that answer is probably going to be no. <laughs> you're so funny, Eric. You're so funny. Ha, ha, ha. I saw on, this. Mike. You gotta I saw, appreciate that one. Yeah, on. it's that, that was that was that was mildly that was mildly amusing. Anyway, um, I saw this story yesterday, and I wanted to bring it up real quick here. Tracy McGrady and uh, Jermaine O'Neal intend to open a player representative agency this fall. It's going to be called Seven One Sports Group and Entertainment. So they're getting into the sports agency business now. I know a few years ago you had Jay-Z open up Rock Nation as part of CAA, but we've never, and obviously there are players who have become sports agents, like BJ Armstrong comes to mind on that. But I've never heard of players starting their own sports agency on that. So I wanted to bring it up and see, first of all, if you guys heard this story at all. And what are your thoughts hearing about this? Do you guys think this has a chance to succeed, like representing big-name athletes or anything like that? Dave, I'll start with you. I mean, look, if they have a good pitch and they sound like they know what the hell they're doing, you know, they'll have to do it like most companies and start on the bottom and work their way up. And, I mean, if they're able to do a good job at it, I have no doubt in my mind that they could start signing big-name clients. It's just the harder part for me is that most kids that are in middle school and high school that are going to be, you know, the opportunities that they'll really have for those big-name name contracts to sign – they're not going to even know who the hell those guys are. That's, that's fair. So, I mean, that could work in their benefit. That could work against them. I really have no idea, but it, you know, it's something that as long as they do it the right way and maybe poach one or two clients, even some older guys that maybe still play in the league that played with them or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Why couldn't it work? But yeah, they wouldn't be my first choice of agents that I'd want to go after, you know, have signed me up, signed me. So, well, I'd, I'll be leave there. I'd be curious to see what they'd be like in negotiations because they both, like, obviously they made a lot of money in their playing careers, but I never remember either of them really signing for the top dollar contracts. So it'd be interesting to see how they are in that regard. Eric, what do you say? They'd have to get top dollar talent first. And that's the hardest thing to get. So, I mean, they're going to be in contention with all these other big agencies. Like Dave said, they're going to have to start small. Maybe they know somebody. Maybe there's somebody in an AAU program somewhere. 
they've worked with or know and they got an inside track on somebody coming up. But I mean, outside of that, they're probably looking at a lot of mid-level guys, a lot of G League guys, a lot of, you know, hmm. football wise. I mean, you know, there's so many guys out there looking to get signed, so many practice squad guys and everything else. I mean, it, it's possible that they can, it depends on what you're defining success as. Can they be a profitable business and make money? Yes, absolutely. I think that that is well within the range of things to do and it probably will be. But will they ever be CAA? Will they ever be, you know, uh, any of Scott Boris? Are they ever going to be any of these other guys? I don't think so. Drew Rosenhaus even. I, I don't think so. But who knows with time, you know? So uh, I'm kind of thinking more like they're going to have some success, but maybe not top tier, top level talent success. Maybe they're just make a whole bunch of money, sign in a whole bunch of lower level guys and, and making a living that way. Who knows? I, again, I think it depends on what you're considering success. Mm. It's funny you bring out Drew Rosenhaus because I can't remember what year it was, but I know I was watching an NFL films documentary. I think it was on NFL network. And he was talking about Drew Rosenhaus's first client who wound up being his roommate in college who was going to be drafted by the NFL. He was going to be like a first overall pick, and he just happened to need representation. So he asked Rosenhaus to do it for him, and that's how Rosenhaus's career started. So I guess a lot of it really is who you know, and I, I can't remember which one of you guys brought it up. Maybe they know someone in AAU. If I'm not mistaken, McGrady has been active in AAU because I think they both actually started in AAU. So, you know, maybe they get lucky with one of those. But I think what you guys said about, you know, starting small, that's probably going to be the way they do it. But I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting story because, like I said, you never hear about players. I mean, you rarely hear about players becoming sports agents in general, but especially not starting their own agency. So just wanted to bring that up. Usually they got enough money and they're content enough to just retire and sail off into the sunset. Or, you know, they joined. Obviously, looking for a second career after this career was over. Mm. Not everybody's like that. Some guys, you know, like some guys like Shaq decided to do law enforcement and whatever else rather than start an agency. Well, don't forget. Don't forget. You know, you got the mailman who drives a drives a semi. You know, you got you got a bunch of guys. You know, so I mean, well, don't forget. I mean, everybody chooses to do different stuff. We've seen an increasing number of former athletes become broadcasters in some way, shape, or form over the last 20 years. Shaq being one of them, Charles Barkley being another. They're all over the place now. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. So, I mean, are we going to touch on the whole Washington Redskins Redskins scandal or are all three of us kind of just tired of stupid drama? I mean, I'm not saying it's stupid what happened. I'm just saying, like, the fact that teams and yeah I don't know if you guys want to talk on that let me ask a question about that because I I wasn't planning on bringing this up I'm sure Eric doesn't really want to talk about this that much so a couple days before the story broke about the the 15 women who had you know were interviewed by whatever newspaper outlet it was that broke this story of rampant sexual harassment throughout the organization I don't want to minimize the charges or anything, but, you know, for two days before it, we heard that there was going to be this big bombshell that came out about the, uh, the Washington organization and everything. And I got to be honest, I really thought it was going to be worse than what came out. 
like when I heard that, I was not surprised that the organization that treated their cheerleaders like whores and prostitutes a few years ago was charged with, was alleged to have done something like this. I wasn't surprised. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. They came out with more information about the things that they were doing to their cheerleaders. One girl was quoted as saying that she was, you know, basically held hostage for three days. And, like, you know, I mean, this whole whole thing with Dan Snyder and Gruden and, you know, some of the crap that they were doing with different, you know, drugs and all these different crazy things. Like, I just think it just the – Redsk the Redskins used to be a pretty respected franchise, and they really just – do you even remember those days? I wasn't alive during those That's days. That's what I'm like, saying. <laughs> so, I mean, I, they won that Super Bowl in 90, and that was like the last positive thing that happened for Washington, you know, ever. Mm. But it, it's it's kind of crazy just to, you know, like, I don't know. I think we're all also ignorant if we don't think this is happening in other places, whether it be – teams you know team owners or you know billionaires and rich people think they can get away with fucking everything it's that damn simple and this is just a, a situation that got revealed to the media yeah i mean we've uh, listen in my opinion the Wilpons are bad owners but i can never consider them the worst owners in sports as long as dan snyder is still around and that's yeah, really he, all I, he, he, he makes it easy because yeah. that guy's a freaking moron yeah Eric, what you got? Um, I don't want to minimize the scandal whatsoever because, listen, that type of stuff should never go on at any mm -hmm. level mm -hmm. at any time. Um, do I think the guy's franchise should be ripped away from him, though? No, I don't. Do I think he's a terrible owner? Yes, I do. Do I think that with everything else going on, this scandal just compounds on top of it? Yes, I do. Um... Yeah, it just, it's all around shitty, um, shitty for the females involved. I will say the one thing is, this probably doesn't run rampant across the, the entire NFL because most teams in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, don't even have cheerleaders, right? There's a, there's a bunch of teams that don't have them. I don't know about most, but you might be right on that. I don't know. I'd say it's about a 50-50 split. That sounds right. I think it's less than that. I don't know why I think it's less than that. Well, I mean, the, I get the, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Chargers, the Redskins, the Jaguars, the Jaguars, the Jets, Ravens, Ravens. Don't the Giants have cheerleaders? No, I don't huh. think so. No, no, Giants don't. But the Jets have the flight girls, I think they call them. That's a great name. So, yeah, I, I just I, I mean, honestly, like. On the sports side of things um the one area and like you could just tell with all three of us none, none of us really even want to talk about this deeply because it it's wrong and we're just constantly feels like talking about wrong things that happened in the nfl and think but like my heart breaks for ron rivera like yeah. that man went from the owner in carolina who had very similar type of charges. I believe it was sexual assault and harassment that was. I think it was. Him. I think uh, it was more harassment than assault. I think. So, he, I think he was just a senile old guy who didn't realize what he was saying. Truthfully. Uh, either way, so he's forced to sell the team. New owner comes in, gets rid of Rivera after two years. Mm -hmm. Then Rivera goes to Washington, and now his current owner 
is going through, through this giant scandal as well. And meanwhile, Ron Rivera is supposed to be one of the most upstanding, you know, guys in the entire league. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, the man is respected by everybody in that league and he just keeps ending up from shitty situation to shitty situation. And it's just like, just feel bad for the guy. Yeah. And like you said, it's a horrible situation one way or another. And I definitely agree. I, to go from the Panthers situation to this situation, I just, you, you said it perfectly about Ron Rivera on that one, but I mean, listen, we all kind of knew Snyder was a bit of a scumbag to begin with. And as much as none of these, none of these allegations implicated him, you do have to believe that he's created some sort of very toxic culture um, that why would you want to work there at this point? And I, I feel bad for all the women who were involved in this and all the women who were interviewed and said, I would never want to work in sports again after this experience. And that's a horrible experience because you got to believe a woman being in sports got to be one of the hardest things to do in the first place because it's such a male-dominated culture. To get your foot in the door is hard enough, and then you got to deal with all this bullshit on top of it. Just horrible. Horrible. Eric, and you, you'll close it up, and then we'll go on to something else. We're good to go to something else. I mean, it was a shitty situation that, you know, Washington just keeps, you know, finding themselves in. Um, agree with everything you guys have been saying. It's looks bad on Daniel Snyder, looks bad on the Redskins organization, looks bad for everybody involved. Um, and it's really the worst for those women that had to endure it because it just sucks. They're just trying to make it. They're just trying to live out a dream themselves. And to be put through that makes it more of a nightmare than a dream. Um, so just kind of sucks. It, I don't want to say, I don't want even want to go to the, oh, well, you know, then they shouldn't maybe have cheerleaders out there because, I mean, honestly – we can all agree, you know, when you're watching at home, how many shots of cheerleaders do you get, really? A couple as they're going to commercial break. Like, you really – you don't see a lot of them. And at the game, you're really paying attention to the game. But they do still provide a purpose. They do still bring enjoyment and entertainment to the game. It does still get more women involved in the game. So I do see them as a valuable asset to football. Um so I don't even want to go down that road of people saying like, oh, well, you know, then just don't have cheerleaders and, and you could solve that problem. No, you can't because that's not – football should be cheered, should have that extra level of excitement. And, you know, I think there are some teams out there that do do it right. I mean, the Cowboys and what they do, they have a TV show, hell, with, the, with their girls, I mean, uh, with their cheerleaders, you know, they, <laughs> you know, that's been pretty successful and had multiple seasons of it. So, I mean, there are some teams out there that do find ways to do it right or seem to do it right. Um, whatever Snyder's doing, we know is absolutely wrong, though. And although I still don't believe anybody should be forced to sell something that is theirs, I cannot deny that there is some kind of culture problem and some kind of deeper problem there with the Redskins. Mm. Um, so how do you rectify that? I don't know if you go the Donald Sterling route because again, he didn't come out and say a whole bunch of racist things and do a bunch of stuff. There aren't these women that I've, or I haven't seen anyway, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but none of these women actually said that Daniel Snyder was the, was the guy. They might have said he was complicit in it and didn't do anything about no, it. No, actually, so, 
actually, is Eric, there, I, are there women? No, 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 oh, no, that's no. Right, I didn't no, 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 no. You're right on that. None of them implicated them, and none of them even said that they had. Like they all were pretty adamant that he didn't have anything to do with it, but they all felt that there was no way he didn't know this was going on. That's what I mean, and, yeah. and that's the point I was making is that like, so even though he didn't do it personally, he was still complicit in it. And it's that's where it's like if anybody comes to you with a complaint, especially today's day and age, you got to follow up on it. You have to follow through with it. And those people that are responsible, unfortunately, regardless of how much you may like them, how friendly you may be with them, how close or inner or into the inner circle they are of yours. And that's what you hear with Daniel Snyder is a lot of these guys. Um, that were doing this were in his inner circle and that's kind of what protected them at the time. Mm -hmm. It still never makes it okay. Even if they're in your inner circle, you find somebody doing something like that. It's immediately, you gotta go. You there, there's no room for it in, in sports or anywhere in general. Um, everybody should be treated with respect, especially while you're working. I mean, a hundred percent. I, I, so I, I don't know. I just, if you want to wrap it up there, wrap it up there. But the these women, I hope they get some kind of justice. And I just don't know what to do about Snyder and the Reds and the the Washington football team. Hmm. Uh, I want to bring up one thing that Cousin David is saying in the chat room. He's talking about how about hiring women as coaches and coordinators instead of cheerleaders. Do that and you change the culture. Um, they're starting to. They're starting to be they're more starting coordinators. To. You, have to, you have to get more women in the pipeline because that's the only way they're going to move up is to get women in the actual pipeline. And the Patriots, in my opinion, they've been above and beyond for all that because I feel like they've been one of the leaders in terms of getting women in the pipeline. Like, I don't think any of them are position coaches yet, but they're in the organization. They're, you know, they're quality control, I think, at this point. Right. I believe so. I know the 49ers have a female as their assistant D-line coach. Um, I think there's – like your cousin mentioned, I think there might even be one on the Giants uh, staff somewhere. And, and yeah, look, they just I hired mean, somebody for, for – yeah. Yeah, so I mean – First time in their 95-year history. When it's all said and done, you got to keep in mind, like the NBA was the first league to hire females to be referees out of the four major sports. Now you see female referees in, in the NBA, in the NFL, um, you know, baseball. They actually just showed, oh, there's a woman who is a, was a first base coach in one of the pre, uh, warm-up games just the other day for baseball. Like, look, we all know this. Sports have been male-dominated since they really were kind of created. So it, it, it all takes time. I mean – who knew, but the WNBA has done 15 seasons now. I, I don't know how they've made enough money to be able to do so, but they have. So it's, it's, a, it's a slow play and it's a slow game, but it's something that is being progressed and changing and could it move faster? Sure. But at the same time, it, the fact it's moving at all is still a much more positive sign than we just had even just 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know my cousin David is advocating to make him sell the team. I think we can all agree they should, but I don't really know at this point what grounds you would make him sell the team. on. Like Dan Snyder, we've said this, he's a shitty owner. He's the worst owner in sports without question. You look at, his, you look at the Washington team's record since he's taken over. 
That right there is evidence. He is a bad owner. You look at some of the contracts he's given out. Bad owner. You look at the culture he's created. Bad owner. Do you ever see a situation where the NFL owners force him to sell the team, though? Because I don't have that confidence into them. Eric? No, I, I don't think it's right. I don't think that cancel culture should win here. If you own something, you own it. I'm not, I, I'm not all for forcing him to sell something he owns because somebody else doesn't like something he does. If you don't like what he does, don't work for him, don't play for him, don't do anything for him. If you're still willing to collect that paycheck and show up every day to that building, then guess what? I don't want to hear from you. You know, that, that's what it's going to take. You don't want to play for him. You don't want to go. You're not going to collect the check. Then that's fine. Then maybe the, another football team gets started there in Washington. But I don't believe you should ever force somebody. And again, I didn't think it should be done with Donald Sterling. I'll say it right now. Was it a good thing for the Clippers? Yeah. Would it probably be a good thing for the Redskins? Absolutely. But he should only be forced to sell the team, or he should only sell the team, I should say, if he wants to sell the team. He should not be forced into selling something that – he that he that he owns he owns he's one of 32 people who get to own an NFL team and he made the choices in life to be able to get that and you shouldn't be able to take it away just because you don't like the guy and uh, that's where I'm like no this doesn't rise to that level of he's got to go well I, I'll say this you know you compare this to Donald Sterling and I see I see the comparisons there Adam Silver was within his rights to force him to sell the team. With everything that happened, the Clippers players were not going to play for him. They were going to boycott a playoff game to voice their disapproval on that. I, I definitely supported Adam Silver when he did that. And, Dave, we're going to throw to you for a final thought here, but Cousin David is saying it's not a constitutional right to own a team. Nobody is disputing that. We know you do not have a constitutional right to own a team. And yes, you have to be voted in to own an NFL franchise, to own any franchise. But I think we can all agree it is much easier to vote someone in than it is to force them to sell what is now their property. So, Eric, I'm not totally disagreeing with you on that one. But I'm saying you can't compare the process to forcing someone out to approving them to buy a team because forcing someone out for the most part, never happens. You're establishing a precedent, precedent, and that is a harder thing to do than it is to approve a, a entity to buy an NFL franchise. It's much harder. Dave. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the league and the other owners forcing them out. I just don't think that happens. Uh, these guys have relationships that are all based off of money, and as long as he's not stopping them from making money, they're not going to vote him out. Um, more importantly, though, as a Cowboys fan, I don't want to see him voted out because, as you mentioned before, he's a horrible owner. And I have absolutely no problem with the Redskins constantly sucking. So I am more than okay with him staying as an owner. Uh, but, yeah, I don't see him getting voted out. And when it's really all said and done to say I think he should sell the team, I, I don't think I can go that far. Because like you said, when it's all said and done, he actually is not, from my understanding, and I could be wrong, I didn't read everything or, you know, dive into this topic all the way to the, you know, fine lines. But if he wasn't said to have actually have joined in on any of this, like, is he still guilty by association? Yes. But by not 
committing the act itself, I really just don't think you give him that harsh of a penalty and kick him out of the league. So, yeah, I can't say I think they should vote him out or make him sell the team. And, again, I don't want them to because I want him to continue being the horrible owner he is and the Redskins being the average joke of a franchise that they've always been. <laughs> I can't argue with you on that. All right. If you guys want to talk about your um, – what is the name of the show called, Eric? It's, it's super shitty. It, no, it's Ultimate Tag is Ultimate the name tag. of the show. Ultimate Tag. Yeah. Ultimate Tag. So, that, so, Dave, you didn't give me the full review. Did you watch the entire episode? Because I feel like you might have just given up on it. No, I watched the whole episode all the way until they had to climb the mountain and, you know, who could have the fastest time and the 10-second penalty for having your tag ripped off of you and all of that. So, yes, I watched the entire episode on Hulu, even dealt with the 90-second ads. I don't have the ad-free version of Hulu. And I will not watch another episode. There you go. <laughs> I, I I won't lie. I mean, I pick people to root for. I pick, I rooted for both the people from Jersey, the woman on the uh, on the woman's side, the dude on the guy's side. They had two people from Jersey, so I rooted for them. Um, you know, I I was just trying my best to be into it. There were parts of it that like I thought was kind of cool, but if I'm going to be honest, like. It's just – it's almost like they're trying to force it on you and make it seem cooler than it really is. And I, I, I just – I couldn't go to a second episode. So, uh, yeah, Eric, I'm really sorry. And um, I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Um, I can, but I'm, I'm stuck watching every week now. Let me tell you, it does not get any better. It sucks. <laughs> and the characters, the characters are all awful because whoever came up, whoever storyboarded this shit fest needs to really get kicked off the, uh, you know, get their Screen Actors Guild card taken from them because, I mean, this is, this is some brutal TV. It is, I mean, some of the names, I mean, there was like zero imagination came up with some of these names. The nerd? Zero. The nerd? And I mean, come on, tell me my, my description of them wasn't, I mean, dead on accurate. Oh my God! Spot on, like spot on. It was. Oh my God! It was Eric, so what was the description he, of them? And then you get it, and then I said it looked like it looked like Carrot Top fucked Howard Stern. It looked like, that's right. what it looked like to me. It's it is it is that uh, that weird and ugly and like kind of goofy and like just kind of awkward. And then they have like other ones that are like the Iron Giantess, and she's like just this giant Amazonian woman who. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to see her in an alley somewhere, but I also like it's just kind of like I don't know if I need her in this game of tag. Seems more like she'd be like on you know that uh, you know American Gladiator or something. And you got like Atomic Ant, who's just this little tiny girl who runs around, and you got like you know the kid and like the bulldog and the Viking, and it's like it's just so lame. The horse, I mean, lame, lame. <laughs> how do you really feel he's really not over exaggerating like that's actually the worst part about his <laughs> what he just banshee said. i mean come on banshee is like ridiculous that woman scares me hey banshee is an x-men character i'll have you know yeah, yeah she, no, this she might be an scary. x-men character i don't know but it just like there's weird like it's just so weird and awkward and goofy and like and then you got J.J. Watt every eight seconds. It's time to play some tag. 
it's time to play some tag every eight fucking seconds. Like, <laughs> I just, we know we're playing here, buddy. Get over it. Like, come up with a different line. They only wrote one line for this guy. The only line he can remember. Says it every time, eight times an episode. It is, I mean, the, to the point where I drive my wife nuts, I say it so many times. It's, it's like, she can't stand the show just because I say that line so many times. But I only say it because the only line J.J. Watt can seem to remember. There's two brothers. They might as well be useless. I mean, they're, I don't even know what they're doing there. They're kind of like his like play-by-play guys on the sideline where they go down and interview people, but they're not like really as witty as him, and they're not they're, they're just kind of there, like you know. I, I don't know. It's it's uh, the whole thing is awkward. I don't know how it gets renewed for a second season at all. I mean, like I said, I, it would need a serious upgrade in season two. Um, but for now, I'm still locked into season one, unfortunately. But I will continue to tell you guys, there are two other shows on TV I think you guys would actually enjoy, and that is The Rock's Titan Games. The Titan Games on NBC by The Rock. Peacock, I believe you could stream it on maybe, uh, is free service, Dave, that uh, NBC just came out with. You might be able to check it out there. The Rock's Titan Games are actually kind of badass. I actually enjoy watching it. Um, I think you guys might too. It's it's pretty good. Um, and then the other th- the other show is uh, Don't, which is that game show that Ryan Reynolds came up with. Um, that I tell you guys to watch on ABC. That that one is still very funny. Still, I'm I'm enjoying a lot. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. But yeah, but what? Yeah, don't ever watch Tag Mike. It's awful. I'm glad Dave actually wasn't sat planning through on one it. episode. And Eric, don't worry. I'd wa- I I would watch Dirty Works first. Yeah, which is over though, it, it, and it's so sad. It's all uh, Dirty Works. Uh, they had their ser- series finale, so I don't got any more. I don't got any more ta- turds to talk. So, um, but I do. Like I said, these other shows are at least something. And this week, you know, Thursday we got baseball back on, and by next week, I believe, right? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All that. So I, I'm surprised Eric hasn't w- wanted to know what the show that I wanted to talk about was so we can see if he hasn't watched it or not. You guys have both said you've watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the past, right? Yeah. Yes. Anybody watch this season? I am three episodes in. I am, or I should say like two and a half episodes in. Well, that's funny um, that you, that's funny that into it, but not into it. Because I, I caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Friday night and Hulu doesn't have the entire season on it, so I, I actually missed the first three episodes. I had to Wikipedia the summaries. I started on episode four. So, Dave, have you, have you kept up on this season? Uh, I might be a couple weeks back. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty – yeah, I'm probably like two weeks back. I got to be honest. I know we all like the show, but don't love the show. That's the sense I've already I've always gotten from you guys, and I'm I'm kind of in that same boat. I thought this season was pretty decent, like not spectacular, but you know I'm into it. I'll definitely watch more of it. I want to see how it ends. Uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything, Eric. If you're only three episodes in, I you know I don't want to give away what you got coming, but I will say. 
they they've done some really cool stuff in this season i think i like the fact that they're hopping from decade to decade i love what they're doing with the opening sequences where the opening sequence matches the decade they're in i think that's cool as hell and you know the characters they've brought in from past seasons and other shows i really like how they're doing that you know uh implementing those characters and kind of you know assimilating them into the uh normal ebb and flow of the show i i think they've done a pretty good job so far what do you think dave yeah i mean all things considered it hasn't been horrible but uh, it's definitely this definitely needs to be the last season yeah um but yeah i'm i'm actually uh two weeks yeah i'm two weeks behind and i guess technically a new episode airs tomorrow Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i'm two weeks behind Mm. Eric, what do you think with the episodes you've seen so far? Eric? I enjoy the show, but I've always kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Um, you know, I, I think that it's – well, I'm with Dave in the camp that I think it's kind of run its course, but, I mean, it is – what is it, season seven? Most yeah. shows, yeah. by the time you get to around this point anyway, have kind of run their course. Mm-hmm. So, um I do think that they're kind of doing maybe some interesting things at the timeline. I also think that maybe they kind of almost have to do some interesting things at the timeline to kind of retcon and redo some things. So this way it fits more in line with like what may be going on with the future Disney plus series and movies and things in the MCU timeline. So I did hear a little bit about them like trying to maybe fix some, some holes and some other things. Um, but I, I've enjoyed it for what it was, for what it is, and when it's over, you know, it's going to be another show that, like, you know, I wish that at the time that when it was at its highest, this show, it would have somehow maybe crossed over a little more into the MCU. Maybe, I'm hoping maybe the, maybe Daisy carries over in, into S.W.O.R.D., maybe, maybe something of that nature. I don't know. Um, but... It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, well, I'll, yeah, t- I, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. continue to enjoy it for what it is. I don't take it too high. I don't, I don't get as excited for it as I do the movies. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's a show mm-hmm. I enjoy watching. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I feel like they've already come out and said that what goes on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't really affect what's happening in the future. Because this show is executive produced by Jeff Loeb who was running Marvel television for a while. A few months ago, Kevin Feige, who you know who that is. That's the guy who runs the MCU, basically. He's the producer on all those movies. They reincorporated their entire uh, infrastructure. So Kevin Feige now runs Marvel television in addition to the MCU side of things, and that's why you're seeing all those Disney Plus shows tie into the movies. Jeff Loeb and Kevin Feige, for some reason, do not like each other. Kevin Feige has been adamantly against the Jeff Loeb side of things basically since the beginning. For what reason, I don't know. But that's why you've never seen the Marvel Netflix shows cross over with the movies and you've never seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really cross over with the movies since like the first or second season. So with that being said, though, there is something that happens in like the fourth or fifth episode that is a callback to one of the MCU movies. And I'm not going to tell you which one, because if I tell you which one, it's going to give away what the twist is. So you got that. 
but uh, I want I want to say this. And but if you the- figure though, this show started from the MCU though, because the show it, its main character Coulson is you know it, and, it was his death in the in yes, Avengers. Yes. From everything that, I've heard, you know, Kevin Feige never wanted them to do this because they felt because from what I know, and I could be wrong about this. Kevin Feige never wanted them to bring Coulson back because they felt that they would cheapen the moment from the Avengers movie. But it didn't, though, so maybe Feige was wrong about that. You're right, and you're wrong because in a way, like up until Infinity War and Endgame, the running joke was that there were no stakes in Marvel movies. And whenever you would hear about... Um, deaths that happened in the movies that always wind up being reversed. Coulson's name was always on that list. And what? They faked Nick Fury's death and Winter Soldier. And there were a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Up until Infinity War and Endgame, the only death that actually stayed dead was Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. So there was that argument on there. So I don't entirely disagree with you on that, but I'm I'm just saying they, there is that to, to pull from on there. But I, I we're going to end this, but uh, I want to bring up one thing. And I can bring this up because my mother's not listening to the show tonight. I love my mother. You guys know I love my mother. I want to know if you if you if your mother is like this too. So my mother is as into these MCU movies and TV shows as we all are. My mother probably knows as much about these MCU movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as all three of us do. It's getting to the information that is always, it's, it's, it's like a murder mystery, basically, to pull on things that my mother knows. Because me and her will try to have conversations, and I'll bring up something obscure from a movie or a TV show, and the blank stare I get on her face and the lengths I have to go through to get her to understand what I'm talking about. Do you go through this with your mother? Eric? I was going to let Dave take it first. But... Well, Dave, Dave, I guess, got kicked off at one point because Dave is not here anymore. Uh, Dave, I, I don't know what happened with his app. He texted us in our group chat to say he got kicked out a while ago. And uh, he hasn't been on for the last five minutes. Okay. Yeah. No. I'll be honest. My mom doesn't watch any of this stuff. <laughs> really? She has never seen one Marvel movie. Has never seen one Marvel show. Well, like names, name a TV show you and your mother both watch. Um, like America's Got Talent. Okay. Not exactly the thread that that I'm going with here, but like a scripted show. Like a show like The Shield or The Wire. Like, I know you don't watch The Wire. Game of um, Thrones, something like that. Yeah, I don't have a show necessarily like that. Um, as far as scripted show, maybe more comedies, like A Modern Family, uh, Seinfeld, Two and a Half Men, that kind of, those kind of shows uh, I'd watch with my mom. Okay, but do you ever have a situation? Um, like, like regular day, like, I mean, law and order, stuff like that, but... Um, but, like, do you ever have a situation where you're trying to, like, you're having a conversation with your mother about something that you're both into, and you both watch, and you go bring up, like, some fact, and then you just see her eyes glaze over. Like, she has no idea what you're talking about. 
and then you have to spend well, yeah, 20 minutes I mean, playing a game of Mad in, in conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, um, I mean, there's definitely different, you know, shows. Like I said, we watch, you know, AGT or Survivor, Big Brother. Like, you know, there are shows we watch, um, you know, and talk about. But And there are definitely times that I'll say something like that. Then again, I'll be honest, there's times she says stuff like that that I'm like, huh? Like, yeah. uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, then I remember. So it kind of goes both ways. But, yeah, no, I definitely definitely hear what you're saying there, that sometimes it's like there's like pulling teeth. Yeah, it's, it's always funny because for, especially like to bring it back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., my mother was telling me for weeks, yeah, I'm watching this season, but I don't really understand a lot of it, so I'm kind of wanting you to get caught up. And so I got caught up, and I called her over the weekend, and I'm trying to talk to her about certain things, and I think it was because I caught her after she was working. And she had no idea. Like this conversation. Well, she's probably not, not understanding the time jumping and stuff like that. She right? is getting confused by uh, a lot of things. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you are right on that one. <clears throat> All right. See, you actually did watch the show I brought up tonight, Eric. I did. Yes. It was a rare, it was a rare occurrence. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next week we'll actually have sports that we both watched that we could talk about. So. That's yeah, I'm for. I just listen. I I feel like this is going to be a long season for the Mets. I just really hope it's not over by the time that we talk on Tuesday. Because I will say this: like you and me have different opinions about the NL East. Uh, the Braves are the best team in the NL East on paper, talent-wise, whole deal, and they're the team that definitely gave the Mets the most problems over the last couple of years. So I just I really hope it's a good showing this weekend. Uh, I don't really think you guys have too much to worry about this week. I'm not. No, I don't know. Listen, the Nationals are nothing to sneeze at. You know, Max Scherzer and them are nothing to nothing to take lately. So it'll still be it'll still be a fight, I'm sure. Well, the one thing I'm hoping, and because I want it to happen, it won't happen. I kind of hope you guys beat. I kind of hope you guys score nine runs off of Max Scherzer in the first inning, and Degrom pitches a complete game, no hitter. So I can come on next week and be like, see, I told you Mets Yankees to start off the season would have been better. Yeah. It won't happen, but it'd be nice. It's a nice thought. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm hoping for a big win. See what happens. I'm just excited for it. I'm just excited for baseball. It was exciting the other night listening, hearing Kay, hearing, you know, Sterling and Susan Waldman on the radio and like, you know, hearing it and seeing it different ways and just, you know, hearing other people talking about actual sports again, rather than like, you know, just pandemic stuff or, or stuff outside of the sport. So I'm, I'm just excited and uh, pumped. So let's go Yankees. And yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's say that I tell you what, I'll, I'll say it this week because yesterday two year anniversary of the death of John Schnepp, Eric Tressler, stay sweaty, my friend. Stay sweaty, sir. Until yep. next week. Thank you to Dave Hastings for joining us. Thank you to Eric Tressler for joining us tonight. Thank you to everybody listening in the chat room. Cousin David, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody listening to us on our various podcasting El outlets. Listen. <laughs> yeah, listen, El Presidente. Uh, he's been like a recluse. I think he's more focusing on his Davy Day Trader stuff. Maybe, but listen, we got to... Whatever it is, however he's got to get us, he's got to got to hear us one way or another. Yeah, it'd be you know, nice. up to a slice of pizza and a beer. What 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 else are you gonna take? Let's go. 
Mm. I tell you, I've never been a beer guy. I am. Uh, I, Tito's handmade vodka is actually really good, and it goes well. Yeah, no, with, Tito's is tasty. Yeah, I tell you this, it goes really good with the Walmart brand of sparkling soda. Let me tell you, or sparkling water, whatever the hell it's called, goes really good with that shit, Eric. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. no, Tito's is uh, Tito's quality. I, I got no problem. I got to handle the Tito's in my my house right now. Well, I got a few drops left in the one that I have, so. I, right. I bought it a week ago. It lasted. I got my money's worth on that. 80 proof. That shit is good. Yeah, that no, very good. good. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I am Mike Aglialoro. We will see y'all next week.